All right, Shabbos say good morning. Let us let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsor, Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Adar Aleph. To thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all the Shurim and Drushos this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Zechariah Ben Zechariah and Dina Bastrop Dov. To thank Art and Sherry Miller for dedicating all of the Shurim and Drushos this month in memory of Art's brother, Richard Miller, Ruvain Ben Betzalel Verachel. And to thank our Dafyomi sponsors, Alan and Sue Meyerowitz, with a thank you to Hashem for all he has done for Alan and Sue's continued healing. We hope that the entire Meyerowitz Mishpacha, Emirat Hashem, has continued refuah and gezunt admeh ve'esim shanim tovos. But with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Yudalid. Let's say you'll notice again, by the way, I think you're feeling ready in Chagiga. This is like a different kind of Agadita. Right? It's a very, very different type. I, I don't know that there's anything like this type of Agarata anywhere else in Shas. Really nothing else that we've seen so far in our journey. It's beautiful. There's some story, but it's so the, the, overlaid with such such a level of, of esoteric ideas. Okay, but nevertheless, not nevertheless, but it's an incredible, incredible journey. So also we are picking up on th- today's 14. We are picking up on 13B. 13B. And I believe we left off with Kasuv Echad Omer. So that is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 17 lines up from the bottom on 13b. So the Gemara says as follows Kasuv Echad Omer. One Pasuk says, Sheish Kinafayim, Sheish Kinafayim Lechad. One Pasuk says that each Maloch had six wings. Really what it means is like six sets of wings, six wings, right? The other opinion, the other Pasuk says, the Malachim had four wings. So which one is it? Do, right, the Malachim have four wings, the Malachim have six wings. Lokashia, kan bizman shebeisa mikdosh kayim, kan bizman she'in beisa mikdosh kayim. Kivyochol, shenesmatu kan feachayas. It was a very profound, a very profound Gemara. So the Gemara says, one is talking about when the Beis HaMikdash stood, and one is talking about, again, when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. So apparently, again, the Gemara says, when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, the Malochim lost some of their wings. Such a, such a profound idea. They lost some of their ability to do something, to fly. What we're going to discuss is, Rebbe will say, Gemara's like this are so important because they highlighted an important dynamic, which is, we often think that the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash is something that only impacted us. But we forget that the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash impacts everything in the universe. It impacts man, right? Jew, non-Jew. It impacts Malachim. And it even impacts the Ribbono Shalolam in some way. So the Gemara says, hey, me image. So here's what's interesting. Which set of wings did the Malachim lose? Because Rabbi said, the assumption is Malachim don't just have extra sets of wings just for wings purpose, each set must serve some purpose. So which set do they use? Or in other words, other, what the Gemara is really asking is, what function did the Malachim use upon the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? Amrav, Hanana, Amrav, Osan, Sha'omros, Shira. I will say this is so beautiful. They lost the wings which are used to sing Shira. They lost their Shira wings. Let's take a look at Rashi for just a moment. It's actually quite beautiful. 
Rashi says, actually, first we have to read a little bit. So Rashi says, so the, I'm sorry, the Gemara goes on, Ksiv halcha obeshtami ofei, v'kara ze'al ze've amar, uksiv hitif einecha bo ve'einenu. So we'll say, now look at Rashi for just a moment. Obeshtami ufaf, v'samech leikra al ze'al ze'alma, hanach ninu da'amri b'hu shira. Now we'll say, now what does it mean they lost the wings with which they said shira, with which they sang? Listen to how beautiful this is. Shemakash kishos, Apparently, through the flapping of their wings, the Malachim produced beautiful, melodic shira. When the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, they lost the wings for shira. Which I both say is it's in and of itself is something so profound. What have we lost with the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash? What have we lost? To a certain degree, a certain ability to sing. Right? Now, I say that we sing, Baruch Hashem, we sing plenty. But what we sing, the way we sing, and how we sing has been fundamentally blunted and impacted by the absence of the Beis HaMikdash. Which I will say, if you think about this just a moment, as I was looking at this Kamar yesterday, my heart was so filled with joy because if you think about it, there are so many times, like, right, we just had this beautiful Shabbos, the Shabbos of this Oros. We had a beautiful Kabbalah Shabbos and beautiful davening. And you feel sometimes so inspired by Shira, right? For many of us, music, Shira has the ability to lift us up to levels that nothing else does. And that's the Shira of Gullus, right? That's the Shira of Diaspora. Can you imagine what the Shira of the Beis Hamikdash is going to be like? The Shira of Mashiach is going to be like something absolutely amazing to contemplate. Rabbana Rabbana say, no, which wings did they lose? Osan Shemechasos Bahen Raglehem. This is interesting. They lost the wings that covered their legs. That covered their legs. Shene'emar Raglehem Regal Yishara. Because the Pasuk says it's interesting when Yecheskel describes the Malochim, he describes them as being one legged. Right? They had one straight leg. One straight leg. And for, so, say, so therefore again, had they not lost the wings that covered their legs, how would Yechezkel ever know what their legs looked like? In other words, the fact that Yechezkel knows what the legs of the Malachim look like indicates that they must have lost the wings that normally covered the legs. Maybe just the Malach moved their, moved their wings, right? And their legs became revealed. That's how Yechezkel saw it. Because if you don't say this, Remember, Yechezkel also says, that the faces of the Malachim are like the faces of a human being. Hachanami di'imat. Are you going to say also that therefore the wings that normally cover their face were also taken away? Rather, it has to be the way that Yechezkel saw the faces of the Malachim was how? Because the Malachim must have moved their wings and therefore, and therefore Yechezkel is able to see their face. So too, why can't you say that he, that he was able to see their legs because they moved those wings as well? But love dafka doesn't have to mean that they lost those wings. Here's the difference. So it makes sense that the Malachim would reveal their face because it's normal for a servant to reveal his face in front of his master. Gimara says, When it comes to one's legs, right, it's not the normal derech of a servant to reveal his legs in front of his master. It must be 
the Rabbana will say that the reason why Yecheskel was able to see the legs of the Malachim was because they lost that lower set of wings. So I will say, so just, just pointing out over here, here's what everyone's agreeing with. Everyone's agreeing that with the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, the Malachim lost a set of wings. It's an interesting discussion to, to Amachlokes as to which set of wings did they lose. First opinion saying they lost the set of wings for Shira. Second set of wings, they lost the set of wings which covered their legs. So the Gemara says, Kasav Echad Omar, Elif, Alfin, Yisham Shunei, V'rabu, V'rabu, Revan, Kadmai, Kumun. V'kasav Echad Omar, Hayish, Mispar, Ligidudav. So both say, it's interesting. So one, one Pasuk says, Elif, Alfin, which means thousands of thousands of Malachim. And then the second Pasuk says, there's no way to count the legions of Malachim. Right? So, so one seems to say a lot of Malachim, but there's a number. Second Pasuk seems to indicate too numerous, too numerous to count. How do you reconcile the Pesukim? No kashya, kan bizman shebe samikdash kayum, kan bizman shebe samikdash kayum. Kivyachol, shenismata pamal yoshamal. So same type of answer like we gave before. One is talking about, again, when the Beis HaMikdash stood, in which case the Malachim were without number, and then one's talking about when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. The Kivyachol, the number of Malachim has been diminished. So the Gemara says as well, Tanya, Rabbi Omer Mishum, Rabbi Mishum Abba Yosi Ben Dosai, Elif Alfin Yish, I'm sorry, right, I'm sorry, uh, good. So Tanya, Rabbi, Rabbi Omer Mishum, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yosi Ben Dosai, Elif Alfin Yisham Shunei, Mispar Gidud Echad, Ule Gidud of Ein Mispar, Rabbi Yomar Abba Omer, Elif Alfin Yisham Shunei, Linar Dinor. So I'll say, interesting, comes along Rabbi Yomar Abba, and he says, there's thousands of Malachim, where do they dwell or where do they serve God? By Nar Dinor. And I will say, Nar Dinor literally means a stream of fire. A stream of fire. Shene Amar, Nar Dinor Neged, Benafak Min Kadmoi, Elef Afin Yisham Shemune. So these Malachim, these Malachim emanate and serve Hashem by this stream of fire. The Siddiqui Mar says, I'm sorry. Ultimately, again, where do these, where, where does this come from? Where does this stream of fire come from? It comes from the sweat of Chayos. And I remember again, Chayos are these higher form, almost highest form of Malachim. So whatever this means, the sweat, right, the perspiration of the Chayos creates this stream of fire. And where does the stream empty into? Right? Where does the stream empty into? Amarav Zutra Bartovya Amarav Arosh Rishaim Bigahanam. Wow. Okay, so listen to this. So this stream of fire which comes from the perspiration of the of the of the Malachim, specifically again of the Chayos, empties into or empties onto the heads of the Rishaim of the wicked in Gehenim. Shneemar, Hine Sarah Sashem Chama Yatza, Besarim Schola, Arosh Shaim Yachol. The Rachabar Yaakov Amar, Alasher Komto. This is interesting. No, the river actually empties out onto the heads, Asher Komto. We'll say Asher Komto. Komto literally means those who were destined. Now we're going to see it refers to those who were destined to be created, but were never created. Created, but were never created. What, what does that mean? Let's take a look. Shnei Marashar Komtu, Velo Eisna Yutzek Yisodim. Tanya, I will say, 
Who are these people who were destined to be created but were never created? Amr Shimon Achosid, Elu Teisha Meos Veshivim Vaarbadoros, Shekomto Lihibaros, top of Yudalid, Kodem Shinivra Olam and Olivru. Both say, listen to this. This is 900, listen to this. There were 974 generations that were supposed to be created but were never created. But were never created. If you take a look, if you take a look, um, yeah. So look at look, look at Rashi. Look at Rashi. Top Rashi in your Dalam and Aleph. Kodim Shnevra Olam. Nigzalem li baros lios kodim at the Torah. The Kaimash Nemar. Dovert Sivali Elef Dor. Ruuya Haisa Torah li inosin Akra Elef Dor. So let's listen to this. In the original plan, both say Gemara is like this. I find them so inspiring. You'll see why in just a moment. In the original plan, the original plan, the world was supposed to, Torah was supposed to be given after. 1,000 generations. It was supposed to be 1,000 generations of man, and then Torah was created. So then what happened? What happened? So the Gemara is explaining over here, HaKadosh Baruch who saw that 974 generations of man were going to be wicked. So what does he do? He gives it after 26 generations. Right? So he took out, he removed 974 generations from the order of man. 900 says we're just, but say, why is Gemara like this so incredibly inspiring? Because so often in life, so often in life, we have a plan. And then, amazingly enough, what happens? Life doesn't go according to plan. And for many of us, that is an incredible source of frustration and personal difficulty. And how affirming is it, by the way, that, uh, newsflash, life doesn't go according to plan for HaKadosh Baruch Hu either. Kiviyachal. Right, that even the king of kings, right, even the king of kings starts out with a plan, starts out with a plan, and you know what? Doesn't exactly go the way he had anticipated it. Obviously, it's not to be understood literally because the Chadash Baruch Hu operates on a different on a different plane. But how was how there was supposed to be a thousand generations, supposed to be a thousand generations, and a Chadash Baruch Hu has to pivot because life is all about pivoting. He has to remove 974 generations because the original plan will say, you know, sometimes in life you have a plan, you have a plan, and then you realize the plan's not going to work. So often we're faced with two possibilities. Possibility one is keep believing your plan's going to work, even though it's clearly not going to work. And just keep, keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's not working. It's going to work. It's going to work. It's it's not going to work. It's not going to keep going. Or you could pivot. And the power to pivot is one of the most incredibly important tools in our personalistic toolbox in order to be successful in life. Those who cannot pivot simply stagnate. And from where do we learn the power to pivot? From HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Incredible. So it says the Gemara, So listen to this. So what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu do with all these people? Right? There are all of these neshamas that were supposed to come into the world. So what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu do with all of them? This is incredible. So we're going to see some of them are just putting Gehenim. Right? I'll say, but, but interestingly enough, what he did is he dispersed them. He dispersed them. You see, here was the problem. Those 974 generations, there was such a concentration of wickedness that it would have been terrible for the world. So what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? He disperses them. He disperses them throughout, throughout time. Listen to this. So when you run into people who are real aze panim, right? Aze panim, right? Brazen, 
brazen, difficult individual, brazen, difficult individuals, right? Then those are one of, so we'll say, by the way, this is a great insult also. Ah, you're one of the 974, right? You're one of the 974, right? You can say, and only if somebody's learning the DAF are they going to get that reference, right? You must be one of the 974s, right? So, so when you go ahead and you see people acting in this, in this, in, in you both say, you see, sometimes right, we encounter this, like this type of behavior that's just, unfortunately, we see this in our greater world all of the time, like this brazen behavior that's just so over the top. So ultimately, again, the Gemara says, that's probably, all kidding aside, what of those in the Shamas? That they were destined, this refers ultimately to bracha. Not to, not to negativity. This first who literally now in this context means they cut themselves down. In other words, they work themselves to the bone over Torah in this world. Hakadosh Baruch Hu reveals to them the great secrets in the world to come. Let's both say. So we'll say a very beautiful Gemara also that greatness in Torah doesn't just come through learning. Greatness in Torah comes through working hard on your learning. It's a very important distinction. See, I could, I could, I could acquire knowledge through reading. Right? It doesn't really require exertion. It just requires time. I sit down, I read, I acquire information, and then I could properly, hopefully, you know, use that information in an effective way. To become great in Torah requires toil. That requires effort. That requires pushing myself. That requires inconveniencing myself. But at the end of the day, those who go ahead and literally wear themselves down through learning Torah, just understand that Kodesh Baruch Hu lifts them up to the highest of high in the world to come. Well, it's actually very beautiful. So Chia Barav says, so Shmuel says to Chia Barav, the son of the lion, let me tell you something beautiful that your father used to say. Well, it's a very beautiful Gemara. Every single day, Malachim are created from the Dinor River. From the Dinar River, Nar Dinar. Now, both saying, I remember again, Nar Dinar is what we just made reference to, which literally means the stream of fire. Little Chazara. Remember again, where does that stream come from? Where does that stream come from? That stream comes from the perspiration of the Chayas, like we saw. Right? So every single day, Malachim are made from Nar Dinar. Va'amri Shira, the Malachim say Shira, right? They sing. Ubatli. And then ultimately, again, they cease to exist. They sing Shira and they cease to exist. Rabbi said, just understand the profundity of that Gemara as well. What does it mean? The, the Malachim are created, they sing Shira, and then they cease to exist. So Rabbi said, two incredible lessons. Sometimes, sometimes, people or entities are just created to accomplish one thing in one moment. You know, we like to think that life is filled with meaningful moments, and that's true. That's absolutely true. But sometimes we're just put in this world just to accomplish one thing in one moment. And all we need to do is live up to our potential in that one moment. Chas shalom. If we miss that moment, we run the risk of denying exi- meaning to our entire existence. Sometimes there are malachim who are created just to sing shira 
in one moment. That's lesson one. Lesson two about say is that this power in Shira, sometimes again you could find incredible meaning just by beautiful words. Again, for the Malachim and Shira, for us, what you could change in this world just with positive words, a word of compliment, lifting someone up, a word of encouragement, is literally a person could give meaning to their entire life and to the entire life of the person you're speaking to just with words of Shira. Listen to this. So this argues on Rav Shlomo Barachmani. Because why? why? The Gemara says, Rabbi Yonason says, that Malachim don't come from Nardinor, rather, where do, oh, so listen to this, we're learning on Machlokas, where do Malachim come from? Where do Malachim come from? So I will say, so the first opinion, Nardinor. Second opinion, no, they come from every deep or every single thing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. Every time the Ribbon Shalom speaks, he produces Malachim. So the Gemara says, Shnei Amar, Bidvar Hashem Shamayim Nasu. So beautiful. This is so beautiful. The Gemara quotes of Tupsukim, which seem to give contradictory, contradictory appearances of Akadish Baruch Hu. One describes Akadish Baruch Hu as having white hair. Right? And the other appears to describe him as having dark black curls. Right? So which one is it? Does the Kaddish Baruch Hu have white hair? Does the Kaddish Baruch Hu have dark hair? To which the Gemara says, Lokashya can be yeshiva, can be mochama. This is incredible. When the Kaddish Baruch Hu is in yeshiva, so he has white hair. When the Kaddish Baruch Hu is out in war, he has black hair. Because I say, listen to this. The Gemara says, when you're in yeshiva, who do you want to see, you know, sitting in front? Someone with white hair. It gives you confidence. This is a person who's, who's tamut chacham. This is a person who's seen a lot in life. So, right? So in the yeshiva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kiviyachal has white hair. Who do you want to see on the battlefield? Not a guy with white hair, right? What you want to see is the guy with dark hair, right? Strength and vitality and vigor. That's what you want in the battlefield. Sakharish Baruch Hu wears many hats and apparently has many heads of hair, right? And Lemais, again, has many different identities. And he actualizes those identities in different situations for different needs. So therefore, again, depending on the context in which there was the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu depended on the, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu presented. Very beautiful. Echad Omer, excuse me, Kasev Echad Omer. What was the first line of the intermediate wide lines? Kasev Echad Omer, Karsi Shevivin Dinar, because of Echad Omer, Adai Karsun Rama Va'atik Yomin Yosef. So we have two contradictory, contradictory psukim. One possible, well, it's the same, actually the same pasuk. But in one part of the pasuk, it seems to indicate Karsi Shavivin, which means there's one throne. One throne. The second pasuk seems to indicate, or second part of the pasuk seems to indicate that there's two thrones. Two thrones. So which one is it? Does Cheshbarach have one throne or two thrones? So Lo Kashya, we'll get ready for this. Echad Lo, the Echad LeDavid. Wow. Let's say one throne is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the one next to him is for David HaMelech. David HaMelech. Kedesanya. Echad lo v'echad le David de Rabbi Akiva. One throne is for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, one throne is for David HaMelech. These words are Rabbi Akiva. Let's say this is so, this is so incredible. Amla Rabbi Yossi Aglili. Akiva. Akiva, what's the matter with you? Right? Why are you making the Shekhinah mundane? How can you say 
that a human being has a throne next to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And obviously, what they're describing over here is not the body of David HaMelech, but rather the Neshama of David HaMelech. But still, so right, still, you, you see Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, he says, Rabbi Akiva. And he says, Akiva, what are you doing? What are you doing? How can you say, how can you say that man has a throne next to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So therefore, both Rabbi Yosef Lee has a different opinion. Hello? Echad Ladin ve'echad Tzedakah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has two thrones. Right? One is the throne of Din, strict justice, and one is the throne of Tzedakah, of kindness, of charity. So the Gemara says, Kibla Did Rabbi Akiva, was he Makabo, Rabbi Yosef, he said or not? Tashma, Din, Rabbi Akiva. So apparently Rabbi Akiva recanted, because now the Brisa quotes ultimately Rabbi Akiva saying, Cheshbarach has two thrones, one for Din, one for Tzedakah. So I'll say, then they really gang up Rabbi Akiva. Amr Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Akiva, Malacha itzel agada. Right? So listen to this. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah jumps on. He says, Akiva, stop wading into Agadata. This is not your strong point. Keilecha midabrosecha etzel negoim v'oalos. Your expertise is on Saraas and Tumah. Wow, Bose, listen to this. Can you imagine somebody? No, Agarata's not your thing. Right? Sara'as, Sara'as, and Tumah, that's your thing. That's your thing. So I'll say, so it's, fa- Bose, so first of all, it's, it's actually an, an incredible idea. Another opinion, one throne is Echel Baruch's throne, the other one really is his footrest. His footstool. So the kisi is to sit on, and the footstool is exactly that to put his feet on. Ultimately, again, the right the, the 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 heavens are my are my throne, and the earth is my footstool. So we'll say just say something amazing. Two amazing things that come out of this gemara. First of all, the idea that they tell Rabbi Akiva stay out of Agarata. And focus on Sarah's and Tumah, which I will say tells you something amazing. No person is a jack of all trades. It is an incredibly important thing. Most of us can't be excellent at everything. So often life is about figuring out what you can do and really become proficient. You still have to be able to do other things. But sometimes when we're on a quest to become excellent in everything, that's often an exercise in futility. No one, if I think about this, who do you know who's excellent in everything? People have strengths. People have strengths. And life is about, life is about honing your strengths and managing and trying to improve your weaknesses. Right? Rabbi Akiva tries to wade into the world of Agarada and the Rabbanim say, that's not your strong suit. That's not your strong suit. You're excellent. You're, you're Rabbi Akiva. You're Rabbi Akiva. But know your strengths. Know your weaknesses. Very politely, what are they telling him? What are they telling him? Stay out of this. this. This is not really what you know. There are guys who know this, just like there are guys who don't know Negaim and Tumah. Right? Right, guys who don't know Negaim and Tumah. Right? So I'll say, so, right? There are people who, who shouldn't really comment on those topics. Right? So know what you know, know what you know, and know what you don't know in life. That's number one. Now, what Shabbos say, it is amazing that it seems to be Rabbi Akiva comes around and says that the two thrones of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, one is for Din and one is for Tzedakah. Right? So one is for a strict attribute of justice and one is for compassion. Which is, why does HaKadosh Baruch Hu need two thrones? Right? In other words, the Moshal, I am saying that there are two different Midos. There's Din and there's Tzedakah. But why does there have to be two thrones? And perhaps what the Gemara is saying is as follows. They will say, how do, you, how do you pivot? Once again, pivoting. How do you pivot from din to tzedakah? Right? How do you pivot 
from justice, from strict justice, ultimately again to compassion. How do you do that? And I will say, what's the answer? The answer is a change of perspective, right? In order to pivot in life, often a person has to have a paradigm shift, a change of perspective. I have to look at things in a different way. I will say, it's interesting. We know this by Hilchos Avelos. An Avel is supposed to change his seat in shul. Why does an Avel have to change his seat in shul? So the classic answer is, I mentioned this in a different context. I don't remember what, maybe I guess it's more cotton. So the classic answer is, Geshe Chaim brings down, because if Chas Shalom, the Avel is deserving of Galos, the changing of seat should be like Galos. But, you know, um, Rabbi Dr. Maurice Lamb brings his beautiful book called Consolation, and he explains in there, very beautiful idea, he explains that death is a disorienting experience, right? When, when a person loses a loved one, it changes the way you view the world. Ev- everything changes in my perceptions. So we'll say, what's the power of having a Makam Kavua? The power of having a Makam Kavua is you have a set perspective in the way you see things, right? I come into shul, I have my seat, I put on my tassel, and I dab and I learn. There's a set perspective. Death disorients that perspective. I change my seat in order to highlight this change of perspective that I have. Changing your makam gives you a different perspective on things. And perhaps what the Gemara is teaching us is as follows. HaKadosh Baruch who changes from din to rachamim, from rachamim to din, not in the same chair. He changes thrones. Because in order to pivot between compassion and justice, you have to change your perspective. You have to change the way you look at things. And on both sides, it's incredibly important for us as well. Because we also have to pivot and move and vacillate between justice, between strict justice and compassion. People wrong us, we want to forgive. Right? People do things wrong, we want to be able to move on. But say sometimes, or, or I see someone do something wrong, I want to see the good. In order to be able to do that, you have to be able to change your perspective in life. Without a change of perspective, often you can't work through the difficulties in life. That's the movement from one throne to the other. HaKadosh Baruch Hu changes perspective in order to move from Din Terachamim. We have to change perspective sometimes in order to be able to move on in our relationships with others and in order to be able to move on in our relationships with ourselves as well. Credible Gemara. Gemara goes by to Kiyos Ravdimi Amar, Shmon Esrei Klalos, Kilal Yishai Es Yisrael. So we'll say, this, this is really an overwhelming Gemara. So the Gemara says that Yishayo Anavi gave Klal Yisrael 18 curses. 18 curses. Well, what it means is he highlighted 18 punishments that were going to go ahead and befall the Jewish people as a result of their derelict behavior. And what happened? I will say, now here the Lashon is very strange. We're gonna, we'll get into this. means that literally he was not calmed, right? Or he was not, you know, he, he, was, he was not calmed, right? Until he said this last, this last punishment. The youth, the child, or the young man will dominate the elder, and ultimately, again, the one who is despised will overcome the one who is respected. So I will say, this is the last of the punishments, that essentially, again, the youth will overtake the old, and the ones who are base will overtake the ones who are respected. I will say, there's a whole Torah, I'm not... Okay, I'm going to come back to it. Panovich Yerav has a, has a magnificent, magnificent insight into this. But let's, let's first understand what the 18 Klalas are, because it will give us a little bit more perspective. 
So the Gemara goes back to Slavos. Listen to this. So Shmona say Kalolos Ma. What we'll say? What what are these Kalolos? What are these? We'll say, I just want to be clear. Yeshayo Anavi isn't. He's not cursing Klal Yisrael. Yeshayo is telling Klal Yisrael what is going to happen as a result of their negative behaviors. The Chesiv Kihine Ha'Adon Hashem Tzavakos Meisir Mirushalayim. We'll say here's what's going to happen because Hashem Hashem is going to remove. From Yerushalayim, Ume Yehuda, Mishan Umishane. Right? A source, right? Mishan is someone to lean on. Mishane, a source of support. Call Mishan Lechem, any support of bread. Bechal Mishan Maim, any support of water. Gibor, we'll explain what all these terms mean. Gibor, strong ones. Ishmael, Chama, men of war. Shofei, judges. Navi, prophets. Kosem, we'll say that Kosem literally means like, a, like a, a diviner, right? Someone like a, like a sorcerer. We'll see what that means. Zakein, old man. Sarchamishim, we'll say Sarchamishim is usually again a term that's used to connote leadership. Leadership, right? Unusopanim, people who are respected. Vioids, people who give counsel. Vichacham Kharashim, and a wise man amongst the wise men. Venavon Lachash, someone who is able to go ahead and is wise, wise and dispense advice. Venasati, and Abose, as a result, after all of these things, so this is essentially what Yeshayo Hanavi is describing is that all form of wisdom and leadership is going to be removed from Cloud Israel. And instead, what will be replaced with? Venasati Narim Sarehem. I will make young men their leaders. Vitaalulim Yimshalubam. Talulim Abose means people who mock. People who mock, right? Mockers will become the leaders, will rule over them. So we'll say, let's go through each of these. Mishan, what does Mishan mean? Elu bale mikra. We'll say, Mishan refers to people who know Chumash. Mishana, Elu bale Mishna. This refers to people who know Mishna. Kigon, Rabbi Huda ben Tema v'chaverov. Like Rabbi Huda ben Tema and his friends. We'll say, isn't this incredible? You know, you would talk, you would talk about today, people who know Mishnayas, right? So we'll say, today you say, ah, someone knows Mishnayas. You say to yourself, okay, great. What, what are they, in fifth grade, right? You know Mishnayas? We'll say, I'll tell you, one of the humbling experiences of doing Mishnayomi, for those of us who do Mishnayomi, is it's not easy, right? It's not easy to do Mishnayas, right? And it's not easy, it's easy to do Mishnayas. It's not easy to know Mishnayis, right? We're learning Mesechah's Peah now, we're going to finish Mesechah's Peah this week. Hard Mesechah, hard Mesechah, right? To really know Mishnayis, to really understand Mishnayis. So, Bali Mishnah, to know Mishnayis, like Rabbi Huda ben Tema and his friends, Pligo Bo, Rapapa Rabban, and Chad Amar, Shrosa, listen to this. Sheish Mio Sidre Mishnah, the Chad Amar Shrami Osidre Mishnah, also listen to this. So, this is Machlokes. One thing we know for sure is right now we have six Siddharim of Mishnah. There used to be more. There used to be more. How much more? One says 600 starim of Mishnah. One says 700 starim of Mishnah. Now, I will say, that doesn't have to mean that literally again, there's a hundred times more information. What it could also mean is things were divided up differently. There was definitely more information. Also, could mean things were divided up a little bit differently. But the point over here is when they speak about Bali Mishnah, they're talking about Abihuda ben Tema who mastered 600 orders of Mishnah, 700 orders of Mishnah. Kol Mishan Lechem, support of bread. What is that? Elu Bali Talmud. That refers to people who know Gemara. Shenemar, Lechu Lachmu Balachmi Vishasubi Ayim Masachti. Vichom Mishan Mayim. What's Mishan Mayim? Those who support, right? Support of water. So Elu Bale Agada. 
Rabbi said this refers to people who know Agadita. Shemoshchin libo shel adam kimayin. Rabbi said, why is Agadita called water? Because Rabbi said, Agadita causes your heart to flow like water, right? Everyone loves Agadita. Everyone loves Agadita. Gemara says, Gibar zebali shmuos. Gibar is someone who knows what the different Rabbanim have said. Ve'ishmochama, what's Ishmochama? Zeh, man of war, Zeh, Shehudeh, Elisa, Vlitim, Machanda, Shatora. This refers to someone who knows how to engage in the battle, the back and forth of Torah. Shofet, Zed Dayon, this refers to a judge. Right, I'm sorry. Zed Dayon, Shadan, Din, Emes, Lamito. This refers to a judge who's able to adjudicate cases properly. Novi, Kimashmo, a prophet, just like what it says, a prophet. Kosem, what's a Kosem? Zeh, Melech. This refers ultimately again to a king. Shenemar Kesem al Sifse Melech Zokin. What's Zokin? Ze Sharoi Li Yeshiva. This refers to someone ultimately again who is fit to be in Yeshiva. Sarchamishim Al Tikri Sarchamishim Ella Sar Chumshin. I will say, don't read this as a master, as a leader of fifty, but rather as a master of Chumish. We do not establish a Turgaman of Ose. Remember again, the Turgaman is the person, right? The Rav, the Tamatracham would get up, say the Shir, and the Turgaman would go ahead and take the words of the Rebbe and distill it for the masses. We do not give a Turgaman to a Rav, to a Tamtchacham who is less than 50 years old. Right? If you're not 50, you don't get a Turgaman, right? You have, you have to reach a certain age of respectability in order to get a Turgaman. Unusopanam, someone who's respected. so beautiful. This is someone whose generation is respected in the celestial sphere because of this person. Kigon, Rabbi Hanina Ben Dosa. Abosa, listen to this. We know the beautiful Gemara B'chanim Mendoza back in Tainus. That the Gemara says, Abbasco came out and said, Kala Olam Nizon Bishor B'chanim Mendoza. Right? In Shemayim, they said the entire world is sustained because of Rabbi Chanina Mendoza. So, so Panavosa means a person who's so respected in Shemayim, in Shemayim, that his entire generation is supported, or I should say respected, in his merit as well. Lamata. It could also refer ultimately again to a person who is so, whose generation is respected here on this earth because of this individual. An example of that, Kigon, Rabbi Avo, Bekesar. Like Rabbi Avo, who was respected by the Caesar. And because Rabbi Avo was respected by the Caesar, ultimately again the Jewish people were taken care of as well. Yoetz, what does Yoetz mean? He knows how to intercalate the years. To establish the months. Chacham is someone who makes his teachers wiser. Such a beautiful idea. Right? He makes his teachers wiser. Charashim, says, I'm So ultimately, again, Charashim means someone who's so wise that when he opens up his mouth with Torah, everyone else falls silent because they want to hear what he has to say. Vinavon, what's a Navon? Zahamavin Davar Mitoch Davar. This is someone who's able to understand one thing from another thing. In other words, he's able to extrapolate knowledge from things that he learned and apply to other things. Lachash, Zeshrai Limsralo Divetar Shinis Nabalachisha. 
Belachash. Belachash means someone who is so righteous that he himself would deserve to, re- deserve to receive Torah, which was given in silence. What does this mean? So the Gemara is fine. So we'll say, so therefore, again, the Gemara says, what it means over here by the Torah was given Belachash. We'll say, this is the cold Demama Daka. That as much as there was Kolim Brakos, lightning and thunder by Matan Torah, there was also this moment of complete and utter silence where the entire universe was still. So we'll say, what do you see over here? What are the curses of Yeshaya? What are the curses? Essentially, every vestige of leadership and Torah leadership will be removed from Klal Yisrael. That's what's happening. And what will it be? Bless you, what will it be replaced with? Vinasati na'arim sarehem. I will make young men your leaders. My nasati na'arim sarehem. Arim Lazar elu b'nei adam sheminu arim mina mitzvos. Vita'alulim, sorry, v'nashinarim. So say na'arim means people, not, not just youth. It means people who are empty from mitzvos. That all of this Torah leadership will be removed and replaced with people who are a spiritual vacuum, who are spiritually empty. And mockers, mockers will go ahead and rule over them. Ultimately, again, there'll be foxes, the son of foxes. Just like Rebbe say, a fox is a sly animal. So all of the leadership of Klal Yisrael will be replaced ultimately again with these individual, with these empty and sly individuals. And yet, despite all of that, And yet, Rebbe said, despite saying all of these curses, Yeshayahu was not was not calm. Right, he wasn't copy or he wasn't content. And I will say, we're going to see, we'll talk about the Panavich Rav, what is he, Shai wasn't content. But he wasn't content, he wasn't content until he said the following. Until he said, um, I'm sorry, he wasn't content. At Sha'amar Lahem, Yirhavu Anar Bezakein, Vanikla Benachan, Elu Bene Adam, Shimra Menazas, Yirhavu Bemish Shimamula Bemitzvos, Karimon, Vanikla Benechbad, Yavomishe Hamuros, Shabosai. So again, he wasn't content until he said, ultimately, again, the ones who are empty from mitzvahs will rule over those who are filled with mitzvahs. Vanikla Benechbad, the one who, right, what does that mean? Yavomishe Hamuros, Domoslav Kikalos, let the one who Rabosai treats Severa Verus. Like light averus, and will rule over the one who treats who treats simple averus or light averus like the most severe averus. So we'll say we're going to come back to this sugya to discuss why. Okay, now we understand all of the curses, but what does it mean that Yeshayahu he wasn't content, right, or he wasn't tranquil until he said this last? We'll see what that means. Amrav Katino. This is incredible. Even when Yerushalayim, even Bishas Kishlon, even during the downfall of Yerushalayim, the one thing that Yerushalayim always had was truth. Was people who were Baali and Mona, truthful people. Listen to this. Shinemar, Kiyitbos Ishba Achiv Beis Aviv Leymar, Simla Lecha, Katzin Tiyah Lanu. Dvarim Shebene Adzawas, listen to this. So the Pasek or the Gemara quotes the Pasek. The Gemara goes to the pasuk from Yeshayo, right? One man kibbutz ishba achiv beisav. If a man will take hold of another person from his family, simla lecha, you have a simla, you have the cloak. Cuts in tiyelanu, be a ruler for us. 
Shabbos so say, now what does this mean? So the Gemara says, in, during, the, during the downfall of Yerushalayim, what's going to happen? So what's Simla? One person will go over to another and they'll say, you know what? You have the thing, you have the thing that people wear like a cloak, right? You, you possess that thing. And we'll say, they're first the Torah knowledge, right? So one person will go over to another person. They're going to say, you possess Torah knowledge. One person will say to another, you possess Torah knowledge, right? Reuben goes over to Shimon. Shimon, you possess Torah. You have the cloak of Torah. You have the thing over which people stumble because the only way to acquire Torah knowledge is to stumble over it. And then, right, and then again, so we'll say, Reuben goes over to Shimon, says to Shimon, Shimon, you possess the Simla, you've stumbled over Torah, you should be our leader because you're a Talmud Chacham. And what will Shimon respond? Shimon will respond and he'll say, I will not be the ruler, I will not be the ruler. Ultimately, again, I don't have, I don't have bread in my home and I don't possess the cloak. What does that mean? I will not be a leader. In other words, I was not one, I was not one who was captured in the base medrash. In other words, I am not a person who has spent time in the base medrash. And in my home, there's no bread, there's no garment. I possess no knowledge of Chumash, no knowledge of Mishnah, no knowledge of Gimara. Now listen to this, what do you see from here? That even during the downfall of Yerushalayim, the one midah they possessed was truth. With truth, sense of MS, that one will try to make another way. Reuben will go over to Shimon. Shimon, you should be our leader. You possess Torah. And Shimon will, Shimon will respond, No, I don't. No, I don't. See, even during the downfall of Yerushalayim, the one thing, excuse me, the one thing we possess is the Midah of Emma. So much to say about that as well. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, so we'll say, maybe it's different over there. They're not really truthful. It's just, here's the difference. Torah knowledge is kind of the one thing you can't lie about. Why? Because if somebody asks you a question and you don't have the answer, then what? Clearly you don't have the knowledge. I, but maybe they can say, Then you can always cover that by saying, Oh, I knew it. But I forgot, yeah, I know the answer, but I can't remember it right now. So the Gemara says, Here's the problem. The Rava says, Yushan was only destroyed. Why? Because it didn't have Bali Amana, which sounds like I say one of the things fundamentally, fundamentally lacking in Yerushalayim at the time of its destruction was what? Truth. Truth. And here you're saying truth was a. And the Pasuk here, the Pasuk seems to be pretty explicit, right? The Pasuk over here, once again, this is now in Yermio. Yermio essentially says, go out to the streets and find a man of truth. Find a man of truth. If you could find a man of truth, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I will forgive Klal Yisrael. So we'll say, see, see, there's no truth, no kasha, there's no contradiction. Amid Beis, Amid Beis, Ha B'divrei Torah, Ha B'divrei Masa Umatan. So we'll say, here's the difference. There was no man of truth to be found in business. 
no one was honest in business. When it came to Torah, they were truthful. In other words, they were truthful in what they knew and what they didn't know. But in business, you could not find a truthful man. I will say, I'll just point out, it's interesting to note that truth was lacking during the times of the Chorban. Because listen, if you think about this just a moment, we all make mistakes, right? And we all make terrible mistakes. In order to be able to do tshuva, what do you need? What do you need? A sense of truth. If I'm not honest with myself about what I've done and what I haven't done, what I am and what I'm not, there's absolutely no way to turn it around. I'll say, it's such an incredible, so think about this. I'll say, many of us have things that are broken inside of us that we, have not been, that, that we haven't fixed. And, if, and a lot of times the reason we haven't fixed it is because I'm not really honest about the problem. I'm, I'm not really honest about the problem. Right? I acknowledge it's a problem, but either I explain it away or, or I find for it, you know, I, uh, it's this, it's not really a problem, it's actually something positive. I look at it as a good trait, it's um, I'm a tzaddik. But this way, so this, we, get, we very, get very creative with the way, and the problem is we don't make change in life because I'm not honest about what it is that I need to change. Without MS, without MS, there's no tshuva. And without tshuva, of course, there's no change. So it's dramatic to see that what Yirmiyahu laments the most on the eve of destruction is, I can't find any MS. I can't find any MS. I can't find truth. And because there's no truth, Yirmiyahu says, there's no real hope for these people. A people without truth is the people without tshuva. People without tshuva is the people without the possibility for change. He'll say, what a lesson for us. If you could just find the courage to be truthful, about our faults and about our failures and about our shortcomings, which we all have, if we're just truthful about it to ourselves, not to anyone else, to ourselves, to ourselves, then that would be the first step to affecting change. The Yomar goes right to turn out on my Sabi Yochanan, as I can both say, great, great. I don't know, it's overwhelming to do these Gemara's well. Say, listen to this. Now, some, now some good old Agarata, just some stories, just some stories. No malachim, no fiery rivers, no perspiration from chayis, no maise merkava, just a bunch of good rabbanim sitting around and giving stories. So listen to this. Here we go. Tan rabbanon. Maise b'yochanan ben zakai shayroche v'alachamar. Once Rabbi Yochanan ben zakai was riding on a donkey. You know, this is going to be a good, whenever it starts out with a great man on a donkey, this is good. This is good. And I will say, by Hasidim Shammai Salach, you know, the, the, whenever it starts out with Hasidim in an inn, that's how every story starts. The Hasidim were in an inn, right? They were in the inn, they were talking. So in the Gemara is, there's a, there's a Tana on a donkey. Once you have a Tana on a donkey, we're good. Right? So I will say, so there's a Tana on a donkey, right? The Yochanan ben Zakkai is on the donkey by a Mahalich Baderach. And he's traveling. He's traveling. Rebeloza ben Arach Mechamer Achrav. Rabbi Loza ben Arach ultimately again was following him. Rabbi Loza ben Arach, remember again, is reckoned in Pirkei Avos as one of the primary Talmidim of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai had many Talmidim. Rabbi Loza ben Arach was one of the five primary ones. Okay, so what happened? Both listen to this. Amr lo, Rabbi, shanali parak echa maisimer kava. So listen to this. They're traveling. And as they're traveling, Rabbi Loza ben Arach turns to his Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi, can you teach me a little something in maisimer kava? They teach me a little something about Kava. Amar lo, Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai says, "Lokach shanisi lochem v'lo merkava biyachid." No, it's a, it's a mishnah. It's a mishnah. You're not allowed to teach in my simer kava to one student, right? So Amar le ele imkain hayelo chacham maybe midaito, unless of course the chacham understands my simer kava on his own. So fine, Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai says, "Listen to this." Amar lo, Rabbi, 
Tarshemi lomar lifanecha davar shili maritani. Rebbe, permit me, permit me. This is now Rebbe Lozab and Arach speaking to Rebbe Yochanan and Zakai. Rebbe, permit me to share with you something about my Simer Kava that you taught us. In other words, apparently, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai already taught them something about my Simer Kava. So now Rabbi Lozab and Arach says, Rebbe, can I share with you something that you had previously taught us? Amr lo, Emar. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai says, of course. Miad, Yard Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, my Allah Chamer, both listen to this. So now right before they start learning, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai gets off the donkey, and he goes and he wraps himself in his talis and he sits underneath, he uh, sits on a rock underneath the olive tree. I will say all of this is incredibly symbolic and metaphor. It's, it's literal, but there's so much symbol. We'll see all of it. If we have time, we'll see all of this. So we'll say, so again, so Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is about to get this teaching of my Simer from his Talmud. Rabbi Elizabeth Aruch is about to teach, is about to tell Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai something Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai taught them. Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai gets off the donkey, wraps himself in his talus, sits down on a rock underneath the olive tree. I'm a little Rebbe. So again, Bozin Arach says, Rebbe, why did you have to get off the donkey? So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, My dear Talmud, you're about to talk about my Simer Kava. And is it, my Simer Kava is going to bring down the Shechina. It's going to bring Malachi Asharis. They're going to be with us. And I should ride on the donkey. I should ride on the donkey. So I say, get ready for this. Miyad, Pasach, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach ben Maisemer Kava Darash. Rabbi Lazar ben Arach begins to talk about Maisemer Kava. Rabbi Lazar, to be clear, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach is talking about things that he learned from Yochanan ben Zakkai. He's retelling his Rebbe that which he learned. And he begins to dash. Rabbi Lazar, listen to this Gemara. The yard Eish min Hashamayim. A fire came down from the heavens. The Sivava. And ultimately what? It begins to encircle all of the trees, all of the trees in the field. The trees began to sing Shira. What Shira did they sing? Let the entire world call out in Shira to Hashem. Let the entire world call out, including who? Eats pre, the fruit trees. I will say olives are considered to be fruit trees. Let them all call out Haluka Nana Malach Minaish. I will say a Malach comes out from the fire. Va'amar Hain Hain Maisemer Kava. Right? And right, and ultimately the Malach says, the loose translation, Zayergut. Right? You're saying you're saying good. You're saying good. Right? That's that's Maisemer Kava. Can you imagine that? <laughs> right? Rabbi Lazar ben Arach is saying over, right? Saying over my Semakava and the Malach comes out of the fire. Can you just imagine? Fire's coming down from the heavens, circling the olive trees. The olive trees are talking, right? The olive trees are singing Shira. The Malach comes out to the fire and says, That's my Semakava. Well, listen to how beautiful this is. Amr Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, Venashko Arosho. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai got up. And he kissed his Talmud on his head. Va'amar, Baruch Hashem Elokei Yisrael, Shenasan ben the Avram Avinu, She'odea lahavin v'lachkar v'lidro sh'masebri. Ma'asem ha'kavar. Boss, listen to how beautiful this is. Yochanan ben Zakkai gets up and he gives his Talmud a kiss on his head. And he says, Baruch Hashem, blessed are you Hashem, the God of Israel, 
who has given a son to Avram Avinu, who understands how to go ahead and dash in my Semer Kava. This was the bracha that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai gave to his Talmud, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach. And then he says, Yeshna, listen to how beautiful this is, Yeshna Doresh say there are some people who know how to give a nice shir, right? They know how to darshan very nice. There's only one problem. They don't practice what they preach. And there are some people, not a darish. There are some people who practice wonderfully, but they don't know how to, they, they can't convey Torah in an appropriate way. Ata, but say, listen to this compliment that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai gives his Talmud. Ata, not a darish, not a mekayim. You are both say the highest compliment anyone could ever give a Jew. You, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach, not a Doresh, you darshan beautifully, but just as beautifully as the way you darshan is the way you live. You learn beautifully and you live beautifully. I will say, isn't this what we aspire to? Not a Doresh, not a Mekayim. I want to learn beautifully and I want to live beautifully. I want to learn the beautiful Torah, but I want to take what I learn and I want to live it as well. Ashrecha Avraham Avinu Shalazar ben Arach Yatsamechalatsecha. Right, praiseworthy are you, Avraham Avinu, that such an offspring, that you have such offspring like this, like Rabbi Lazar ben Achabosai. Is there a story more beautiful than this? First of all, a relationship between a Rebbe and a Talmud, right? Where a relationship between a Rebbe and a Talmud, and the, also we now, you know, sometimes you spend your life trying to figure out. What am I supposed to do in life? Like, right, what's, what's many of us? Like, you walk around all day, like, what am I supposed to do with my life when I grow up, right? What, what, what am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? And the truth is, to a certain degree, I still don't know, but Lamaisa, we're a little bit closer. You know what I'm supposed to do? Not a Doresh, not a Mekayim. What I'm supposed to do is learn beautifully, live beautifully. Learn Torah, share my Torah with others, and that's all of us. Learn my Torah, share my Torah with others, and use my Torah to inform the way that I live. Noah Doresh, Noah Mekayim. And if I do that, then I give my Alder Zayda Avram Avinu incredible nachas. So we'll say the Gemara goes on. It's just incredible. We'll say, and when Rabbi Yeshua heard this story, so the Gemara says, So I'll say, he and Rabbi Yossi were also traveling on the road. And they said, you know what, Amru? You know what? It's a good idea. If, if Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and Rabbi Laza ben Arach, they learned my Simerkava, they were traveling, let's also learn my Simerkava. Pasach, Rabbi Yoshua ben Darash, Rabbi Yoshua, shall I say, Rabbi Yoshua began to darash my Simerkava. Osahayom tukufas tamus haya. I will say it was tukufas tamus. I will say, tukufas tamus is summertime. Venez kashru shamayim ba'avim. The, the sky became filled with clouds, which I will say is unusual during the summer. Venira came in keshes ba'anan, and they saw something like a rainbow. I will say, now the Marashah says, like a rainbow, but not a rainbow. Why? Because remember, the rainbow itself is normally not a good sign. Right, right. The rainbow is usually a sign of Hashem Baruch Hu's displeasure. This was something like a rainbow. And I will say, what happened? The Malachim gathered around. The Malachim gathered around to watch them go ahead and and learn. Right, to watch them do my Kava. Ultimately, again, like like people come to watch, we're out of time. We'll pick up, I know, we'll pick, we'll pick up with this story. We'll pick up with this story. Tomorrow we'll say,
שאינו שאנחנו משכימים to learn Torah like this. Rosh Hashkayach. Have a good day, everyone. Hashkayach. <laughs>